We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. days we are not alone and seems that getting real information about the state of our medical system is tough to come by that's why you've come to the right place with dr bill your radio md he's got the answers because he's a doctor i said he's a doctor and he wants to hear from you right now 877-969-8600 this is am 860 the answer and now it's time for Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Good morning, everybody. You got me. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD, and I'm coming at you on AM860, The Answer. And you can reach me for live anytime, anywhere, or go back and look at some of the old shows, listen to them, rather, at drbillradiomd.com and click Listen Live. 9 to 10 a.m. every Sunday morning, we are an iHeart station, and I'm your international Dr. Bill. You can also reach us through our station, our broadcasting station, am860theanswer.com. This is Talk Radio, and if you want to join me, you can. I'm at 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600. Well, today I wanted to talk about a couple of things. First off is the Nicholas Sandman lawsuit that was brought uh, by or on behalf of young Mr. Sandman, uh, you may or may not recall that uh, he was the Covington, Kentucky youth who was lambasted by the liberal press after a video uh, went viral, the young man standing face-to-face with the Native American man, Nathan Phillips. Now, Phillips, uh, it appeared, had been approached by Sandman, but this was not the, the, the factual, the reality of the situation. Initially, the press had the Kentucky teenager and some other kids who were on a Right to Life march uh, as the confronters of this American Indian, uh, Mr. Phillips. The students were waiting in front of the Lincoln Memorial for the bus to pick them up, their bus for the uh, tour. They were from Covington, Kentucky, and that's in northern Kentucky. And a group of Native Americans, afterwards we found out, purposely marched up to the high school students, and Nathan Phillips began beating his drum and chanting in the face of Sandman. And Sandman stood there with a grin on his face, whether it was a smirk or a smile or um, uh, just being stunned, it doesn't really matter. The confrontation, if you want to call it that, was really a non-event precipitated by Nathan Phillips and his marching group. However, it later came out that Phillips approached the students, as I said above, and Phillips said he was acting as a shield between the high school students and a group of black Americans he claims were taunting the high school students. And Phillips later said that some of the high school students were making racist comments about Native Americans. I haven't found any evidence of that, but who knows? Attorneys for the high school students announced that they're filing a $250 million libel lawsuit for compensatory and punitive damages against the Washington Post, who printed all of this and most, uh, most notoriously pushed it out into the public. 
Now, it seems to me that it's more than coincidental that there was a camera rolling <laughs> as Nathan Phillips walked up and approached this group of of teenagers from Covington, Kentucky, Catholic teenagers who were on a right to life march. And I guess uh, Salmon was wearing a Make America Great hat, uh, Make America Great Again hat. And hey, I had one of those, Bill, and I think my son stole it. At any rate, if you have a Make America Great Again hat, be careful. I hear somebody got a pistol pulled on them for wearing one. And other people have had their hats stolen in public. But at any rate, so let's get back to the lawsuit, the punitive damages and the compensatory damages, $250 million lawsuit. And as I've said repeatedly, this is a way to fight the liberal press, the liberal jurisdictions and all these liberal organizations, uh, the attempt to vilify and demean people of religion and people of conviction is libelous when carried out at a national level, in my opinion. And in order to maintain our morals and values, we got to stand up. Uh, not surprisingly, Sandman's a student at Covington Catholic High School, and so there probably is an anti-Catholic bent to this as well, anti-Christian in general. Uh, Covington, Kentucky, by the way, folks, is in the northern part of the state across the river from Cincinnati, Ohio. Now, the central and northern part of the state of Kentucky was initially settled by Catholics who had left Europe and settled in the American colonies to escape religious persecution. And shortly after, Daniel Boone opened up the Cumberland Gap, um, and the country was formed after the Revolutionary War. Catholics started pouring through the Cumberland Gap into central and northern Kentucky and have settled there since. And uh, the, the Irish Catholics were the first, and the German Catholics followed. And I can tell you, having been raised in a Catholic family and a Catholic background, and also in a Catholic high school like Covington Catholic, uh, I went to St. Xavier, St. Xavier, St. Xavier, uh, that religious tolerance and tolerance in general was a pillar of the Catholic dogma. And I don't know of any religion, honest to God, I do not, I have not seen any religion that is as tolerant, at least Western religions, of other religions and other beliefs, whether it's uh, uh, Islam or Christianity or uh, Hinduism or Buddhism. I've, I just have not seen any religion that is as uh, tolerant and as accepting. And we were taught that from very early on. You know, we had the basic catechism like anybody which taught monotheism, Jesus as the son of God, anybody in a Christian background that is and uh, Jesus is Savior, the Trinity, and the other basic tenets of Christianity. And that doesn't mean that as an adolescent, we didn't do things that were unchristian. I mean, you know, we were adolescent boys at a time when there were a lot of us, and it was tough to keep us under control. And, you know, we were hormonal, and we were acting inappropriately. And I can't say that there weren't some fistfights and name-calling and insults and who knows what else, uh, but that was adolescence at that time. And the adults did their best to keep us focused with school and seemingly just causes. And I think that this was a good cause these kids were on, whether you agree or disagree with them. At least they had a, a moral basis for their actions. They were on a right to life march. And it was an opportunity to see Washington, D.C., which as a high school student was a big deal for me. So it was a seemingly just cause. 
And we also were kept busy with athletics and other extracurricular activities. Not, these are all good ways to handle adolescent males. I mean, you know, we're not the easiest things to deal with, especially when we're out in public. But at least the kids weren't drinking at the Lincoln Memorial and they were acting appropriately and they were just standing there minding their own business. I mean, they weren't doing anything wrong, really. Uh, you know, I, shot, I probably should have been put in jail for some of the things I did. But I mean, these kids, they, they looked like they were really um, straight laced, decent kids. Of course, you don't know that for sure, but they, they certainly didn't look like they were causing any trouble, trying to be confrontational. And uh, so this was not an, an, an assault on adolescent indiscretion or misbehavior. This was pure and simple, anti-Catholic, anti-Christian, anti-right to life uh, sentiment. It was obviously precipitated by the press. Uh, Nathan Phillips, I would not be surprised if he's a paid protester for the left. It was another attempt by the liberal press to denigrate Christians. It impedes our freedom of speech, and it demonizes young white males. I mean, what the heck did this kid do? He's going to school. He's, uh, you know, he's in a, a good school, Covington Catholic. We all know about that in Kentucky. So what happened? You know, Catholicism, as I was taught, was, was really a very accepting religion. And uh, Jesus was pretty clear about tolerance and nonviolence. He said, the least of these, even the smallest person, that this is my this is my uh, my family. So how does the press get it so wrong? Well, of course, there's an aspect of sensationalism to vilifying one party versus another. And the press wants to sell advertising and to sell advertising. You have to have circulation. You have to have viewers. You have to have readers. And so the best way to do that is to print sensational stuff. I mean, what do you want to read about? Timmy making straight A's or the airplane crash that killed 150 people. Most of us are morbid and uh, emotional enough that we want to know more about the 150 people that got killed than about, than about little Timmy who made straight A's after failing last semester. So in the animosity for anyone who does not view the social and political issues of the day through the eyes of the press, they're deemed intellectually inferior or morally bereft or socially inept. And as Hillary Clinton said, we're a basket of deplorables. And I've said this before. Am I really a basket? Am I really a deplorable? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm out there treating sick people. I, I'll take anybody. Uh, I'll help anybody that needs help. Uh, I mean, I, I just don't understand it. I trained so hard most of my life to do what I'm doing. And I've practiced now for 40 years. And uh, they tell me I'm pretty good. I don't know, but apparently I'm an asset to society. Am I really a deplorable? Am I really a deplorable? I, that's what I want to know. But even more ironic than all of this is that this incident occurred in front of the Lincoln Memorial. I had to laugh over that. That really broke me up that they picked the Lincoln Memorial to stage this at and to take advantage of these kids and to... Uh, dig into the Judeo-Christian values and the right to life values that so many people of the conservative bent are expressing these days. <clears throat> so what's the chances of this lawsuit winning? Well, it's going to be tough. It's tough to prove uh, liable and defamation of character uh, against the press. And there was a 
a ruling uh, decades ago. The New York Times had made some uh, factual mistake in an advertisement, and they were sued. And the court said, "Eh, you got to give the First Amendment a little breathing room." And it's you know that the the suit did not uh, hold up at the Supreme Court level. And so that's been the the landmark for the past half a century that. Uh, the press can say a lot, even if it's not true, and get away with it. And of course, we know this is the situation. We see this all the time, the press making statements that are uh, unfounded or not factual. And they can always say, oh, we made a mistake, or this was an, an op-ed, or our opinion, and that we're allowed to express that under the First Amendment. And how are you going to stop a reporter from putting a slant on his story? Uh, he sees the truth the way he sees the truth and you see the truth the way you see the truth and, and realities are, are different. And so the Supreme court says, well, yeah, we got that. And so you can say what you want and you say, well, how can the truth for one person be different from another person? And I go to the, to the example of my wife's looking at the West side of the house out at the Gulf of Mexico and she sees a storm rolling in. I'm looking out at the East side of the house out of my studio out of my, my uh, study, and I see sunny skies on the, on the East Coast and the sun coming up from, from the East. And she says, oh, my God, it's going to be a stormy day. And I say, oh, it's going to be a beautiful day. We both are perceiving uh, factual, real, as much as we can tell, reality. Uh, of course, we can't always trust our senses, but for the most part, we can prove through science that a storm is coming, the barometric pressure drops, or that it's going to be a sunny day, there's no clouds in the sky and the sun is rising, the barometric pressure is, is high. And so we both have a piece of the truth. And so the court will say, well, look, these people are seeing one side of the truth, one aspect, they're looking out the west window and you're looking out the east window, so you really don't have a case. So it's going to be an uphill battle for this kid and his lawyers, but we got to do it. We got to stand up and who knows, who knows It may go to the Supreme court and we may get a decision that is, uh, well, in our favor that will make the Washington post pay some money, put out some money for, uh, this staged situation and may make the world a little better place for those of us of the conservative bent and for those who profess Christianity and um, all those things I think are worth protecting. Uh, I think it's worth recognizing that I'm not a deplorable and that uh, I'm not socially bereft and that I'm not intellectually retarded. And I have to laugh. There was a, uh, there was a nurse practitioner he worked for one of the surgeons at the hospital. This was a few decades ago. He'd retired, thank God, and went away. And uh, he was raised Catholic, you know, ultra liberal. His brother um, and he were big Democratic supporters. And, you know, he would listen to me and he'd say, you know, do you know what you're talking about? And, and then when music would come on like Mozart, I'd say, oh, that's Mozart's blah, 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 blah. And he'd look at me like, how do you know that? Or I'd recite a poem to make a point and he'd say, wait a minute, you're not that smart, dude. <laughs> you know, come on. 
just because I have a Southern accent and I don't agree with you doesn't mean I'm an idiot. Um, now I may be an idiot for other reasons. And my wife seems to think so at times. Oh, by the way, you know, I was with her in the, in the living room the other day and I, you know, I said, honey, sometimes I feel like I'm just a piece of furniture in your life. And she said, Oh no, Billy, you're not. And then she said, can you move three feet to the left? Now stand there for a few minutes. Let me see how that looks. So I don't know if that means that I'm a piece of furniture or not. What do you think, Bill? Um, I'm, well, I just don't. <laughs> my, my favorite compliment, and, and it's a left-handed compliment, but I'll take what I can get, is uh, my wife saying, you're lucky you're good-looking after I say something questionable. <laughs> I think that's just yeah. the sweetest thing. Yes, that is. <laughs> Thank God you're cute. Otherwise, <laughs> she'd have to shoot you. <laughs> so, uh, at any rate, getting back to the Sandman case. Now, you say, well, do do lawsuits and court cases really make any difference? Well, of course they do. Of course they do. Uh, look at Brown versus the Board of Education, which ended ended the uh, segregation in the United States and uh, began the integration of black Americans fully into society. And this continues to uh, progress. And you say, yeah, but it wasn't good for the white kids uh, because the black kids were not at the same level uh, educationally. And so then that had to pull things down. And you know, my response to that is that everything takes a little time to to uh, balance out and that the water will seek its own level. And that I think in the long run, this is the best thing that could have happened, uh, that we need to be one society. And uh, I, I don't see that we've really gone backwards. In fact, I think that our knowledge base has probably doubled just in the past 10 years compared to all of our knowledge over the past 150,000 years. So uh, I think you'd have a hard time making an argument that integration really impacted that deeply on, on human knowledge and progress. If anything, I think it'll, it'll help carry it forward faster because we'll have more people that are up to speed and intellectually and educationally uh, uh, with it and that will participate more fully in the uh, in the society. And I've got uh, some black employees and they're just as bright and as energetic as my white employees. And they're younger people who have gone through the current educational system. And although there are problems with the system, uh, they're doing quite well. You know, I mean, uh, you can't fault them and say that they're not at the same level as the white uh, uh, office personnel that I hire or office nurses that I, that I hire, they're doing just as good a job and they seem to be just as knowledgeable and have just as much potential. So, uh, although it was, uh, uh, societally uh, difficult and, uh, uh, divisive situation, uh, it's going to be okay. It's working itself out and, uh, we, we will, we will make it through that. And I think that this is a lawsuit that was of great value. Now we had a lawsuit that was uh, a real negative with Dred Scott versus Sanford uh, before the civil war. And that said that uh, black Americans were not eligible for citizenship because they were slaves. And we've had lawsuits where, uh, the court has embarked on separate but equal paths, Plessy versus Ferguson. That was undone by the uh, Brown versus the Board of Education. Uh, we've had the court strike down uh, monopolies where Standard Oil of New Jersey 
versus the United States. Uh, we've had situations where the court has struck down presidential programs and congressional legislation that didn't meet the test of the court. Uh, so there's a lot of situations where we can look back at lawsuits and say this did change America and the, the, the lawsuits do have a value and they are uh, a good thing when appropriately applied. That doesn't mean the suits are, are healthy and we see a lot of uh, ambulance chasers and uh, personal injury suits that are nonsense and I, I don't know how you stop that. Uh, I don't think you're going to be able to because you don't want to stop the suits that have value. So uh, it's, it's, it's a situation where you take the good with the bad in order to protect the good. Uh, and the bad, you just have to go through it and weed it out. And these things eventually will work themselves out. Um, you cut back on the amount of money available in insurance policies for personal injuries. And you'll see a lot of these suits start to go away. Uh, or you'll see much smaller settlements because the lawyers will say, well, this isn't worth going to court over. So they'll just threaten the insurance companies and this is what they do and the insurance companies say you know it's easier to pay 10 grand pay the limits of the policy to this quote quote personally injured person than it is to get our attorneys involved who are going to cost us 40 to 50,000 just to go back and forth with their attorneys and you know the plaintiff attorneys know this uh, so is this something that we should eliminate should we get rid of the, the personal injury, the uh, liability aspects of automobile policies and homeowners policies? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I think that there are times when people do have a legitimate reason to sue. And I think Nicholas Sandman has a legitimate reason to sue. Whether or not he wins is another story. But there are times when there are legitimate reasons to sue. And so we have to take the illegitimate along with the legitimate. You know, we're not going to throw out the kids that are born out of wedlock because they're as valuable as the kids that are born in wedlock, given that they're both human beings and they both have a right to life. And so you say, well, a lawsuit's not a human being. Well, but it is a, it is a real and existing entity in law. And the corporations have been declared legal entities, uh, different types of legal vehicles for forming companies have been declared uh, entities that exist in law. They have a life of their own. Uh, they exist. Lawsuits are entities. And so uh, I think that uh, we're, we're kind of betwixt in between in that we, we, we have to allow a certain amount of, of waste in order to get down to the good stuff. So when you go mining for gold, there's going to be uh, a lot of slag that you that you process out, and yes, it's it's uh, toxic, and uh, you hate to see it piling up. But uh, if you want the gold, you got to do something to get it, and it doesn't come in 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 already preformed uh, ten pound ingots. It 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 just doesn't come that way. So you you got to work for it. So we got to wade through some of this and just take it. And uh, there are things that need to be undone, like prayer in public school, which violates the separation of church and state. I think that was, uh, I think that was Engel versus Vitali, but I can't remember. Uh, then 
We had the uh, Roe versus Wade, which said that abortions before the in the first trimester of the first three months were uh, legal within certain parameters. The states could not uh, outlaw first-term abortions. And of course, there are a lot of people such as Nicholas Sandman and his classmates who are fighting against that. Uh, <clears throat> and then we had cases like Miranda, which says that the police have to advise you of your rights. And you may say, well, if you commit a crime, why should you have rights? Well, you're not guilty yet. I mean, we have a system where you're innocent until proven guilty. There's a presumption of innocence. And this was one of the main reasons we broke away from England was that when you were arrested, you had no rights. Even before you went to trial, you could be thrown in jail and held there indefinitely. So we don't like that sort of thing. That, that's not very nice. We don't want that. That's not the way we work. And we want to make sure that everybody is protected as best we can. And we want to make sure that the court upholds our individual rights as well as the rights of the society. So we got to go with it. You know, we have to ride these things out. And some of these things will be undone. Uh, there are good things that have come out of the court, the regents of, of the University of California versus Backey, and the, the courts uh, brought in affirmative action, uh, but said that quotas are not okay because the court was imposing arbitrary uh, quotas on based on your ethnicity. So if there were too many Korean Americans uh, who were accepted into the freshman class, then they would limit the Korean Americans or the Jews or whoever at that time was the, the predominant intellectual class that was applying to the college. And the court said, no, you can't do that. You know, you got to go on. This has to be merit-based. You can't just say, well, we want a class of, of uh, mixed uh, kids from all different ethnicities. And although that sounds good, and if you have a private school, I guess you can do that. But if you're a public university, the regents of the University of California, then you have to give everybody the same opportunity. And these are good lawsuits. I mean, these are suits that that you and I are happy have come in along with the bad ones like Roe versus Wade. So what are we going to do about all this? We're going to take it and we're going to run with it. And we're going to do our best to use the court's in a way that ensures not only our personal rights, but also the rights of teenagers, of kids, of the unborn, of anybody and everybody who has or is alive. And, uh, you know, an amoeba is alive. Now you may say, well, yeah, but I'm not going to stop and worry about an amoeba. Okay, that's fine with me. I mean, that that's not going to really interfere with my existence. If you, if you don't like amoebas and you want to put some chlorine in your, in your water and kill all the all the amoebas and all the bacteria, you go right ahead. I mean, you're just protecting yourself from infection and that's, that's, that's okay. The first laws I've said repeatedly is self-preservation. And if you don't get that one down, well, the rest of the laws are pretty much irrelevant. So, uh, the courts also have ruled, uh, look at the Bush versus Gore situation. I mean, if it wasn't for the court stepping in for a lawsuit that said that, uh, that 
the recount in Florida was unconstitutional and that it was over and that Bush won and that's the end of it, we wouldn't be where we are at now in terms of the conservative movement. You say, well, Bush wasn't a real staunch conservative. Well, this is a process. So at least we got him in and we don't we didn't have Al Gore who said that in the 1990s that in 10 years the water levels would be so high that the coastal states would be flooded. And, you know, as I've said before, the only time I see the water level go up and I live right on the, you know, we live on Boca Ciega Bay, which connects directly to the Gulf of Mexico. The only time I see the water level go up is when Al Gore jumps his fat butt in at the beach and, and, and then the water level goes up. But other than that, I haven't seen a real rise in the water level. The scientists say that it's gone up some fraction of an inch. Okay. I'm scared. I'm really worried. Um, so thank God that we do have lawsuits and thank God that we have the ability to address our grievances through the courts. Uh, now we have to think about the, the uphill battle though, that this kid's going to fight. And we're talking about the Sandman suing the Washington post over the incident in front of the Washington Memorial. I'm sorry, the Lincoln Memorial a few weeks ago where Nathan Phillips, the American Indian, marched up to the teenager who was standing waiting for his bus to pick him up from the memorial. They were on a right to life march. And Nathan uh, Phillips started pounding on his drums and chanting uh, in his dialect in front of this youth who just stood there and smiled. And we don't know if the smile was a smirk or if it was a uh, 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 an amazement or if he was just trying to be nice or what. And he had on his MAGA hat, make America great again. And of course the press had a camera rolling the whole time. And they went after Nathan Sandman and said that he was uh, confronting the American Indian, which was not the, the case. The American Indian walked up to him with another group that was chanting or doing whatever they were doing. And uh, so this became a big deal and a cause celeb for the press to put down the uh, conservatives who were marching as right to life, uh, white males, Catholic kids. And so there's a lawsuit now for uh, slander and defamation of character by uh, Sandman against the Washington Post. The uphill battle is that uh, Justice Brennan and the New York Times case decades ago said the First Amendment needs some breathing space, which gives a, a good deal of latitude to the press to say things which may or may not be true. And uh, they write to express opinions and speak about public figures, uh, so on and so forth, that this is inherent in the First Amendment. We'll see if there's a challenge to this, if this makes it all the way to the Supreme Court. Should be interesting. It'll be a good battle, and we'll need to follow that closely. Well, I'm going to go grab a cup of joe, and when I come back, we're going to talk about this Muslim-American, I guess she's an American woman, who she was born in the United States, who took off with her ISIS boyfriends and now realizes the Arab are away and wants to come back, and the president and the secretary of state have said, have said no, she can't come back. Can she or can't she? When I come back... We're going to tell you the whole story and give you the facts. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. 
Officials in eastern Mississippi now say at least one person has died after a Saturday tornado struck the community. The mayor's office in Columbus is confirming the death in a statement on Facebook, citing information from the county coroner. The statement says that 41-year-old Ashley Pounds of Tupelo was with three other people in a building that collapsed in the storm yesterday evening. Venezuelan opposition leader Juan Guaido is telling his people to back off supporters risking their lives to support a drive to deliver foreign aid into Venezuela. Yesterday, government troops faced them down with tear gas. There was a clash in which two people died and 300 were hurt. Pope Francis has wrapped up his historic summit on preventing clergy sex abuse today by vowing to confront abusers with, quote, the wrath of God and end cover-ups by their superiors. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full-service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Hello, this is Dr. Bill Handelman for our good friends at Tampa Bay Imaging. TBI provides state-of-the-art MRI and CT scanning with the lowest radiation possible. Most insurance plans accepted and self-pay rates are very competitive. TBI is conveniently located in Tampa and St. Pete with evening and weekend appointments. So call TBI today or ask your doctor. In Tampa, call 813-386-3674. St. Pete, call 727-545-9674. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare contracts, and in the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sound crazy? The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-290-7100. That's 800-290-7100. 800-290-7100. Saturday afternoons at 12.15. Join Paul Porter and the home team for the Gaspers Company, McDonald's Restaurant's High School Athlete of the Week, honoring student-athletes making a positive impact. The Gaspers Company, McDonald's Restaurant's High School Athlete of the Week is basketball star Laszlo Ziga from Hillsboro High School. The Gaspers Company, McDonald's Restaurant's High School Athlete of the Week. Saturday afternoons at 12.15 during the home team on AM860. The answer. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Areas of morning fog, otherwise partly sunny. Today's high, 83. Cloudy, not as warm tonight, low 59. Cloudy tomorrow, high 77. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, low 63. Cloudy with a shower or a thunderstorm around on Tuesday, high 75. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Jonathan Reed for AM860, The Answer. You gotta fight for your right. 
to party. I'm on. I'm here. I'm Dr. Bill. I'm back. What's going on, everybody? So we've... Uh, did we play the Beastie Boys? Oh. oh, good. Okay, so the Beastie Boys, and they're fighting for their right to party, and this is Dr. Bill, and I'm fighting for your right to, well, party and to sue and to... Oh, by the way, before we get on to the, uh, the Muslim woman who uh, wants to come back after fighting for ISIS, I wanted to once again say to the folks over in Broward County, if you're listening, anybody, you need to sue. You need to sue your jurisdiction. You need to sue for the Marjorie Stoneman uh, massacre because your jurisdiction, your sheriff's department, and your your police did not do their job. They should have arrested that kid and locked him up long before he was able to go in and shoot up a whole school. So put those lawsuits to work. You need to get a class action suit against your jurisdiction there. Make them pay. Make them pay. That way they'll start behaving. Bunch of left-wing loonies over there running the situation, and you need to get them out ASAP. And you can do it. You can do it. So we've got this Alabama woman who ran away from home to join uh, Islamic State in 2014, and now she wants to come home. Huda Mathana. And she used social media to call for attacks on the United States while she was with ISIS. And now she says she was brainwashed and she's sorry and she's willing to serve time and do whatever it takes. She just doesn't want her son to grow up in the uh, awful Middle East that she finds herself in and the uh, Islamic fundamentalists that she's been surrounded by. So she was a 20-year-old student in 2014, and uh, she left to join the Islamic State when they were at their apex, the so-called caliphate, and they had a big swath of uh, Syria and some of the Kurdish regions and some of Iraq, and they were holding those areas and, you know, basically just devastating the region. So she served as a recruiter and urged attacks on the West. Now she wants to come home. So she's being held uh, by the U.S. Kurdish allies in Syria and uh, with other Americans, mostly women and children. And she claims she regrets what she did and that she's sorry she joined the group and she'll pay whatever uh, uh, consequences, whatever punishment she's given, uh, jail time, whatever. She says she'll take it. Uh, and my, Mike Pompeo, our Secretary of State, is claiming that she has no grounds for citizenship, although she was born in the United States and holds a U.S. passport. Uh, the administration is, uh, the president said the same thing, uh, and there's apparently uh, a, a great legal debate going on now, and her father has sued on behalf of her, another lawsuit, because they feel that she is an American citizen or uh, is at least uh, uh, a resident alien who has the right to uh, jurisprudence in our country and that she should be brought back and put on trial. Uh, and of course, I'm sure that the parents, her father and her mother, they want the, the grandchild to come back to the United States and be safe and be raised with the family. And we can understand that. Uh, should we let her come back? Uh, does she have a right? What is the story here? Well, you know, first of all, I would have to look at it and say, is she uh, 
someone who has voluntarily given up her citizenship. Now, in order to renounce your citizenship, you have to put it in writing and some kind of an oath, or you have to swear it before some sort of a, a uh, an administrative person, um, uh, a court or an officer of the court, or I guess an officer of, of the uh, uh, embassy. So and you have to appear in person before a U.S. consular or diplomatic officer, or if you're in a foreign country at a U.S. embassy or consulate. And you have to sign an oath of renunciation. Now, that, that is a definitive way, and it's uh, irrevocable. Once you say you don't want to be an American citizen and you've made a formal declaration, then it's all over. You don't have a, a, a chance to, to come back. That's it. There's other ways that you can renounce it. Uh, you can lose your citizenship by voluntarily performing any of the following acts with the intention of relinquishing your citizenship. You make a formal renunciation of nationality before a diplomat or consular office, like I said. Or you can make a making in the United States a formal written renunciation of nationality in the form as may be prescribed by and before such officer as may be designated by the attorney general. So you have to do something that is significantly formal. Now, you can also... Uh, be declared a non-citizen if you actively take up arms against the United States, if you serve as an officer in the armed forces of, for, of a foreign state engaged in hostilities with the United States, or take a policy-level position in a foreign state. So we have to ask ourselves, did she take a policy-level position in a foreign state? Did she make policy decisions? Was she an officer? in the armed forces of the Islamic State. Was there a declared war? Did we recognize that Islamic State was fighting against us, the United States? Well, they stated that they, that they were. Now, I don't know about the legalities of that. I don't know if Congress has to weigh in and say, yes, this is a declared war, or no, it's not. Um, so the courts are going to have to sort all this out. But let's look at her role as a recruiting officer. Now, to be a recruiting officer or a recruiting uh, uh, military person in the United States, you have to have a number of things happen. You have to first be in the military. You have to go through special training. You have to be at the level of a sergeant, which is a non-commissioned officer. And a non-commissioned officer is an officer, from what I understand, when it comes to this uh, decision as to who should and who should not be uh, held accountable for their actions. Now, if you're a foot soldier, if she was just a foot soldier or a sex slave or whatever, uh, then I think that might be a little bit different story. But she was a recruiting officer. I mean, this, this seems pretty straightforward to me that she made a, 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 a conscious intention to act against the, the best interest in the United States as a, as a foreign fighter and adversary. And I think that uh, that in and of itself should be disqualifying, but it, it may not be. But now if, if she's considered an officer, which 
which I would think she would be as a recruiting uh, agent for ISIS, then I would think that that would immediately uh, disqualify her from coming back into the United States. So how do you become an army recruiter? Well, again, you have to be a soldier, 18 to 35 years of age. You have to have a high school diploma. You have to pass a physical examination. You have to have a felony waiver. You have to be a citizen or uh, have a green card. And you have to go through certain special training. And that includes basic combat training, which I'm sure she had to go through. So you have to complete your basic training course. You have to go through a warrior leader course, and I'm sure that ISIS had some kind of leadership course that they put her through. Uh, so you have to attend that class. You have to uh, be physically capable, and I would assume that she was physically capable since she got into ISIS as a soldier. So you have to meet the physical qualifications. You have to know your job duties. So you have to know what it is to be a recruiter. In our, in our military, you have to know what it is to be an army recruiter. And in ISIS, I'm sure that they said, here's the things that you have to know in order to be a recruiter for ISIS. So she's going through this training. Um, you have to complete an application and she had to make some kind of application to ISIS. You know, there's a background check and you, then you have to attend recruiter training. So I'm sure that they vetted her and said, yeah, she's for real. She really believes in, in, uh, in ISIS and uh, Islamic fundamentalism and the destruction of Western society and so on and so forth. So she attended all these things and did all these things. And so basically she should hold in the eyes of the court the rank of a sergeant, which is a non-commissioned officer in the United States Army. She should be considered a non-commissioned officer in the uh, military of ISIS. And, and I would think that that would immediately disqualify her from repatriation back into the United States because she was an officer in an army that was actively engaged in fighting against the United States and killing Americans and, and, and also in killing Christians and uh, uh, Shiite Muslims and anybody who wasn't a Sunni Muslim. So I would think that these things should disqualify her from citizenship. But again, uh, I think that on the other side of the coin, her family does have a legal uh, uh, claim and a legal right to sue uh, the government for uh, redress of this grievance of not allowing her back in. And if she does come back in, well, of course, she's going to have to face the consequences of her actions, and there'll probably be some extended jail time. Now, you may or may not agree with that. You may or may not think it's right if they let her back in. But we do have a, a rule of law, and we need to let this work its way through the courts. Personally, I would not want her back in. But that doesn't mean that uh, legally she doesn't have the right. I mean, from my limited view of the law in this matter, I would say that she does not have the right. I would say that she has taken up arms against the United States as an officer in a foreign army 
and uh, that as such, um, she has relinquished any right to be uh, considered a, a citizen to be repatriated or a resident alien to be re repatriated. And the argument also was that uh, even though she was born in the United States, her father was a diplomat at the time. And so the lawyers for her side are saying, yeah, but he had quit the diplomatic corps and he was working in the private sector when she was born. So then we get into the legalities of that situation. I don't know how long you have to be out of the diplomatic corps to be considered uh, a non-diplomat. I don't know if he was still on a diplomatic visa. If he was, then he was considered a diplomat and the children of diplomats from foreign countries are not American citizens just because they're born in the United States. And it doesn't give them an inherent right to citizenship. Although if they're born here and raised here, certainly they can apply for citizenship and they'll probably get on the fast track. I don't know uh, if that ever happened with her. Um, I haven't seen anything in the press about that. Have you seen anything, Bill? I don't think she ever applied for citizenship. That I do not know. If anybody has any information on that, you can give me a shout at 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600. Or if you have some feelings on this as to whether or not she should be allowed back in, give me a shout. I'm, I'm here if phone lines are open. So I don't know uh, what the outcome will be. The courts have been fairly liberal in their interpretation of allowing people to come back in after they've been bad. And some people will point to this, uh, this uh, Marine, I forget his name, who has ended up in the brig, by the way, for the rest of his life, uh, who I, I talked about on a show a few years ago. Can you remember his name? He was the, with uh, the Taliban, and then he came back, Bill, and Bergman. I think it was a Bergman. So he came the back. Yeah. Shoot, I know. It's on the tip of my tongue. I think it's Bergman. Um, but he, he came back and, but you know, here's the thing. He was under the military code of justice and he was an American citizen and he never relinquished his citizenship. Uh, he deserted from the army. That's what they got him for. And, uh, they also can get him for aid and comfort to the enemy, which uh, in wartime is of course, uh, you know, you'd be shot, but, uh, he got put away, I think for life. I think he is in the brig for the rest of his life. Of course, the guy's a little crazy. I mean, there's something wrong with him. I, I did a little psychological profile on him, and I, th I think, think he's probably schizoaffective and has a major personality disorder. That doesn't mean that you still will allow somebody to walk around and be free who has broken our laws and endangered our, uh, our fellow citizens. Uh, the prisons are full of personality disorders and you know, for me, jail is not punitive. It's just a place to park these folks to get them out of society so they don't harm us until they either outgrow their condition or uh, mature or get on the right medications or whatever. And a lot of these folks never will, and they'll be uh, institutionalized for most of their lives, which is okay. It protects you and me. You say, that's a horrible thing to be in prison. I don't think so. I mean, you know, for a lot of these folks, it's probably a step up. You know, a lot of these are abused and neglected kids uh, that uh, uh, turn to crime and uh, they actually go to jail and they've got three hots and a cot. They can join a gang. So they got friends. 
it's a support system. If they want to learn a trade, they can learn that. They can make some money in jail. They can see their families and so on and so forth. So for a lot of them, it's really not a bad way of life. Um, it's kind of like uh, being in the military, only you don't get to go on on uh, duty patrol. you got to stay in the barracks. That's all right. That doesn't bother me. So if this woman does come back, should she go to jail? Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, you can't let this go uh, go by without some kind of reprimand here. Uh, she was 20 years old. And, you know, assuming that women mature, the female brain matures a little earlier than the men, and assuming that a 20-year-old in college should have exposure to the society at large and should have seen the uh, value of our society and all the things that we have to offer, and then to turn her back on that and to join a force that is fighting actively against the United States as, in my opinion, an officer, a recruiter, then she's going to, if she does get back in, she's going to have to uh, be tried. And, you know, she needs a good 10 to 20 years in jail for what she's done. I mean, this is serious stuff. This is fomenting, uh, revolution against the United States. This is killing American citizens who are fighting or who are uh, uh, non-combatants who just got caught up in the area, beheading people, uh, raping young women, selling them into slavery, sex slavery, arranged marriages, whatever you want to call it. And these are all things that are uh, anathema to our beliefs and our way of life. So if you commit crimes against us, then you need to be put in prison. And and I don't know how much stronger we can be than that. Should she be allowed back in? I don't know. Bill, what do you think? I'm sure you're not for it. Just my opinion, absolutely not. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm emotionally I think it's a terrible thing to let her back in. Uh intellectually it seems to me that there's a good case for not allowing her back in. Uh but again, we've got a We've got a rule of law. We've got to follow the law, and she has a right to sue. And let's see what the courts say. Right. My, my, my question is basically another question. What would you have to do to not let be let back into the country if it's not for terrorist activity? Yeah, and then, well, then we have to define terrorist activities. And uh, she says that she was brainwashed, that she was mentally incapacitated, whatever. Uh, so are you held responsible for mental incapacitation? Well, in our court system, uh, no, you're not necessarily held responsible for men mental incapacitation, but you are certainly going to be locked up somewhere and sequestered in a mental hospital or a, a, a mental ward of a prison if you do something uh, heinous and you are uh, deranged and demented or you are mentally retarded, and we have seen that. We've seen it recently in, in, in Florida. Uh, we've had a couple of cases in the past few years where people end up uh, in long-term incarceration of some type or another, just not in the general prison population. So uh, uh, hospitals for the mentally insane, is that where she goes? I don't think so. Uh, we'll have to see what happens here and vet this out. But it'll be fun. It'll be an interesting situation. And I'll see you guys next week. It was nice having you with me. I am Dr. Bill, your Radio MD.